Hey guys, it's the last episode of the year and Steph is here to bum us all out with the story of Chris Farley. But first, we've got a hot topic all about Michael Cohen and what should and shouldn't be illegal. All this drama and more on this week's Drama Club. What up fam? Feels good, right? Good, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. And without further ado, uh, we broadcast live from CA to M. Oh, your hair looks cool, man. Oh, because it's wet. That's your natural <laughs> curls? Yeah. Why don't you wear it like that ever? Ugh. Because also because of the way my hair is cut, I can't have like these curls in the front and then like nothing in the back. It looks awesome. Oh, thank you. What about with the bandana? Oh, if I were a slave, maybe. Or like your scarf. Shut up. <laughs> oh, no. That's racist. <laughs> oh my God, May, I was so proud of you of your one tweet that got like over 50 likes. Oh, it's over 100 likes now. Oh my God, May, uh, that's awesome. It's based on a true story like all my tweets are. <laughs> that's so tight. I just got the update, 107. I'm retweeting it. <laughs> What's our hot topic? Nothing. Ain't nothing hot happening this week. Nothing. The tea that I'm drinking is barely hot. It is uh, tibio. How do you say tibio in uh, in English? Like lukewarm. It's, it is lukewarm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love huevos tibios. Oh, me too. That's my favorite breakfast. That is my favorite breakfast, and I never have it anywhere outside of my own house. Like, Yeah, me either. I've never had like, yeah. You can't order that. You can't order that at a restaurant, at Denny's. Hey, let me get some huevos tibios. <laughs> get out. I'm holding a wall around this Denny's. Moons over, moons over my hammy or get out. Oh my God, man. I haven't had a moons over my hammy in years. Since college, really. That shit was legit, though. That saved my life so many times. Oh, for real. The only thing that keeps popping up for me is this horrible story of this woman that committed suicide who was like Ooh, a, uh, like a broadcast newscaster. Yeah, that shit's yeah. crazy. Remember that story of that newscaster that committed suicide on air? That's on the list. It is? Yeah, because also there's a really good movie. Well, the movie wasn't like really good. It was fine. A good movie with Rebecca Hall. Uh-huh. Where she plays. Like, I think her name was Christine. It's called Christine. She does kind of look like her. Yeah. That story is so fucking sad. Why is Les Moonves trending? Mm, because he sexually harassed Sybil Shepard. <gasps> <laughs> Sybil Shepard was so bomb in her day. Yeah. She was beautiful. She still is. Why is Adderall trending? <laughs> <laughs> Are these tailored for my life? Oh, shit. Ex-apprentice staffer says Donald Trump snorts Adderall and can't read. That sounds about right. Oh, my God. I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) Somebody said Trump is abusing Adderall and still bad at his job. (laughs) Same, same, though. (laughs) Shut up. That was me in college. (laughs) Michael Cohen's uh, jail sentence? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Because that's the biggest story of the week. That's the biggest story? <laughs> Damn. We are real ass reporters right here at the Drama Club, guys. Here's the <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> A week and three days later. <laughs> We're the worst fucking journalists of all time. Well, our show isn't every day, so sometimes you just got to deal with this shit, y'all. That's true, though. That's true. <laughs> 
So breaking news from last week, Michael Cohen was sentenced to three years in prison for, yeah, that's wild. among other things, campaign finance law violations and tax evasion, et cetera, et cetera. But the campaign finance law is the thing that we're most interested in because Senor Presidente is named as, what was his, what was he named in the indictment? Something like conspirator number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, Michael Cohen gave an apology to the court for his involvement in the hush money scandal that that's that's what there's that's like you said that's the ticket right there yeah that's the ticket that's the one that's threatening trump mm-hmm. uh especially the the silencing of um stormy daniels stormy daniels and another woman who said they had affairs with him was the other one what's her is her name like Catherine McDougal or like Katie McDougal. She's the Victoria's Secret model or she's the Playboy? the Playboy, the Playboy okay. Playmate. I want to say, was she on Girls Next Door? Shut up, me. Was she? Karen McDougal. Karen McDougal. She was in an episode of Girls Next Door. Huh. You know what episode I'm thinking of? And this might not be right, uh, but is it the one where they go to Las Vegas? Is she like, she's one of the homegirls. She's like Kendra's homegirl. Huh. I don't know. I can't see it right now. It, that's it should be illegal to be this beautiful <laughs> this is just fucked up send send karen mcdougall to jail <laughs> send all the pretty girls to jail uh, yeah it's so. crazy this is crazy i feel like a pervert because i'm just <laughs> looking at all these pictures of her body like i'm just like wow so mesmerized <laughs> And that's the same thing that happened to Trumpito. No, it wasn't. Yeah, he was mesmerized just like that. <laughs> he told her, I can't stop looking at pictures of your body. <laughs> I want your body. Sex song. <laughs> you know what song no. I'm singing? Yes, but in his... excess. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> but what? But his sex song is definitely. It's got to be something more '80s than that. It's uh. <laughs> Keep that shit in. They're not gonna mess with us. <laughs> Those fools are gone. Well, yeah, he's dead. He killed himself. What he did? Michael Hutchins. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, May. No, I feel bad. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's on the list. <laughs> That's awful. Now I have to do that episode. Yeah. Uh, so no, his his sex song is definitely money, 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 money. Oh, it is that one? Mm-hmm. Money. Yeah. Money, 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 <laughs> money. Money. So, so I wanted you to tell me what this means for Trumpito. <laughs> okay. So. He's he's been named as an unindicted co-conspirator in a crime that someone pled guilty to being instructed to do at his behest. Right. And that person's now in jail. Yes. Or going to jail. Right. Is he in jail already? Is he out no. on bail? Uh no, he's he hasn't been to jail. Okay, he hasn't started. He hasn't started. You might be thinking of Paul Manafort. Okay. But yeah, so <laughs> so many of these motherfuckers are <laughs> so, in jail. They're all in jail, dude. <laughs> so anyway, if if he weren't president right now, there's no doubt that he would be indicted on his way to jail or, you know, at least like getting put on trial. 
However, because there's this belief that you may or may not be able to indict a sitting president, he's out in these streets putting babies but, in cages. Yeah. Fucking uh, Bill Clinton, like, this went up to the Supreme Court a similar issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know about, like, the straight criminal, maybe because it's a criminal indictment. Right. This was criminal, too. No. Th- well, the thing with Clinton was, the question was whether you could force a... Him to go to court. To testify. Right. And so then this is different. This is, can a president be charged with a crime? This is amazing. Or do you remember in Frost Dixon where Nixon goes, if the president does it, it's not <laughs> illegal. <laughs> Shady ass motherfucker. <laughs> this is amazing. This is a really weird time for our country. It's yeah, I know. And then it's crazy to think that we're living in a in an era that's going to be studied in history books. Oh yeah, for know? sure. Yeah. It's the fucking shit show. I read this uh article by this immigration attorney I like, Laura Rosenberg, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how Trump likes to villainize especially like Central American and Mexican people mm-hmm. because they're the immigrants that because Mexico shares a border with the United States, that's why there's like an influx, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so she was talking about how like he and his group of whatever is paramours, <laughs> paramours, <laughs> how they all like to point the finger at immigrants. Like they're the reason that there's problems with our economy and problems mm-hmm. with our country when really it's him and his shitty friends. Yeah. It's like a form of like trying to psych out the under people like this. Is just, right. Let's let's point our finger over here because look over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. But yeah. So little little in the big picture, little ass Michael Cohen is going to jail. However, like when Mike when Mike Flynn goes to jail, ooh, that'll ooh. be the day. Yeah. Lock her up. <laughs> you think his daughter will go to jail? No. I just think mm. they're involved in some shady shit. Like they're shady. They're yeah, but she's not. and not that I maybe uh, her husband though, right? Yeah, maybe Jared. He's shady yeah. as fuck. He's trying. He's selling influence to like the Chinese and stuff. Like the fuck. Yeah, he's. Mm-mm. It's a weird vibe. It's a weird family. Yeah, they're not even like if they were if they were attractive, they would be like the. The stars of a, like a primetime soap on ABC or something. Oh, yeah, totally. Man, I was just I rewatched uh, Casa de las Flores with my mom. And yes. I was like really loving it at the end because I was like just picking up on stuff that I didn't pick up the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. Like the there's a lot of it that is like very reminiscent of old school telenovelas. Yeah. But just done in a really great modern way. Mm-hmm. But like the the maid, I love her character. Oh, so I love her, too. And I kept telling my mom, look, there's you. Because she, she, like, <laughs> she, like, they would be having conversations and I would notice that she'd be in the background. Like, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't <laughs> noticed that before. And that blind uh, girl that buys the. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's all like chanel out from head to toe. Yes. Yeah. But like these little characters are so great. Yeah. Are they going to have a season two? Yeah, they are. They're signed on. Dude. If, yeah, that's exactly it. Like if they were if they were a more attractive family, they would be Casa de las Flores. He would be as famous as he strived to be without needing to run for president. Truth. Because that's what he wants is like attention mm-hmm. and fame and to be like a big shot, money and all that. Like if Ivanka was bomb as fuck and would have made it as a model, if Ivanka was Kylie Jenner, we would have never had this problem. <laughs> Girl. Are you saying he would have been her dadager? 
He would <laughs> if he was Chris Jenner, we would yeah. she would never run for president. Yo. Fuck that. <laughs> Low key, I respect Chris Jenner more than I respect <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah, same. Same, extremely same. And you'd rather have President Chris Jenner? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie Jenner up in the White House, secretly pregnant and shit. <laughs> That's the fucking That's the movie, movie I want to see. Made by uh, <laughs> Sophia Coppola. Sophia Coppola. What yeah. What is uh, Kylie Jenner's man's name? Tyga? No, that's not it anymore. No, no. It's like Ty Dolla Sign. Travis Scott. There you go. Travis Scott would be Who the like fuck uh, is Ty Dolla Sign. That, wasn't that her other bay? Oh, maybe. Travis Scott would be like Secretary of the Interior because <laughs> that's how they that's how the Trumps do it. Like they just put yeah. all their people all up in there. Um, that's Kanye awesome. would be would oh be gosh. Secretary of State. Kim Kardashian would be <laughs> Vice President. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Chloe be Chief of Staff. Um, Courtney don't want nothing to do with that shit. Nah, She'd be she at home. Shit. She shit. <laughs> Courtney would be the first lady. <laughs> oh. That's the ticket. Why do you suppose he does that? Doesn't he have any friends? Is it a good idea to have friends? Would it be more fun to have friends to play with? All right. Should I start? Yeah, I'm I'm ready for you to start because I don't know what you're doing. But. Ooh. Well, last week I had started writing this because I thought I was going to have a heavy calendar this week. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of worried. I was thinking, should I tell May so that we don't do the same thing accidentally? And we oh. couldn't have picked two people that are more different. Maybe. Okay. Because Fun. as you all remember, May did Grace Kelly last week. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I was telling my mom, who's the princess of Monaco? And she said, Estefani. And I was like, no. Yes. And she was like, that's why I named you Stephanie. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Really? I didn't know that. And she was like, yeah, I liked that name when, when La Princesa Grace named her that. I really liked that name. Hell yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> but she told me, oh, like, she's the the fucking Princess Rebelde or whatever. Mm-hmm. Princess Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And she told me that that there were rumors that grace kelly and stephanie were fighting in the car oh yeah when grace kelly got into the car that's possible because she was like think i think stephanie was like 14 or 15 yeah something like that so that was interesting yeah and i I didn't expect my mom to have it (laughs) so hey all right so anyway so yeah this guy is not grace kelly this is chris farley oh okay okay good for this Topic, I watched the 2015 documentary, I Am Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not on anything. I had to buy it. I mean, okay. I had to rent it. Yeah. There's so many good people on that, though, that are interviewed in regards to him. It's like mm-hmm. Christina Applegate, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Chris's brother, Molly Shannon, Dan Aykroyd. It's like so many people you want to wow. hear from. Yeah, that is the most 90s list right? you could have ever said. That's really Mike cool, Mike Myers though. is on it, too. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Some of my favorites on there, Christina Applegate and Molly Shannon. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Right? Yeah. All right. So Chris Farley was a comedian and actor born on February 15th, 1964 in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. His father owned an oil company and later an asphalt company. And his mother was a homemaker. That sounds like money to me. Was he balling? They were upper middle class. Okay. 
And they show like family films on the mm-hmm. in that documentary and they seemed upper middle class. Yeah. He had four siblings, so there were five in total, and mm-hmm. he was the straight up middle child. Okay. His family is of Irish and Scottish descent, and they are very, very Catholic. Wow. Okay. And, and Chris Farley remained Catholic his entire life and attended mass every Sunday throughout most of his life. Dude, exactly like Grace Kelly. We're not, <laughs> not so different, you and I. <laughs> not so different after all. I mean, like, I think obviously later on he had issues and stuff, but enough people comment on it for it to have been like a normal thing. Like, oh, yeah. Chris is going to church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he had a very Americana type upbringing, straight up like Wonder Years looking home movies. Okay, that's what I was like, picturing, like those like eight millimeter sort of. Exactly, yeah. May. Yeah, like and like they looked just like perfect cookie cutter American family. Mm-hmm. He liked comedy movies and comedians from a really young age. And over the summers, he'd go to like summer camp and stuff. Mm-hmm. He like all that stuff white people get to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I did over the summer? What? Like watch TV and get fat. <laughs> I I too like in the summer I would get this was I would wake up and I would turn on Nickelodeon. Yeah, like, remember stick 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 stickly stick stickly stick stickler. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Nickelodeon Boogie Nights crossover we never knew we needed. <laughs> um, I would stickly. I would get a big ass bowl, like a mixing bowl, and like pour myself like way too much cereal, cereal that wouldn't have been okay during the school year. Right, <laughs> fucking fruity pebbles and Hell shit. Yeah. Hell yeah! I used to love the summers, man. Nickelodeon would really fucking pop off for yeah, the summer. It would totally be popping. It would be the best time. Remember, they would have like there would be one hour during the day when Stick Stickly would come on, and they would fucking spin his ass to pick yes. what was the next show that would come on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Always be like, please let it be all that, and it always be like, are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> Fuck you, Stick Stickly. Hey, no, are are you afraid of the dark? Is some shit too. There's like one or two like really scary episodes. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right, I'll watch it. There's. I'll watch it. <laughs> I remember when I was in college and I was working at Jumping Jacks. Yeah. This guy that was like older than me. So I was probably like 18, 19 and he was probably like 21. I remember he was like, I started watching um, Camp on Awana. We oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that show. So I didn't really what watch it. What is that it. show called? And I don't know. You think about us. You make mm-hmm. us want to fart. Yeah. I don't he like started watching it and I was like, hey, how is it? You know, uh-huh. yeah. it's like fucking old. He was like, the same. The same. <laughs> the same. I was like, all right. That, that was one show I didn't watch. I also didn't watch Pete and Pete. I didn't like that. Oh, I didn't like Pete and Pete. Carlos and Jose did, though. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so this fool was at summer camps. And while he was at summer camps, he used to participate in theater. And he loved getting Ooh. on stage and performing for people. Mm-hmm. Of his childhood, Chris once recalled getting his first laugh as a third grader in his hometown when a teacher leaned over his desk and Farley, quoting a popular shampoo commercial at the time, leaned into her and said, gee, your hair smells terrific. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really that funny. That's funny. And he's like in third grade. That shit was probably hilarious. I remember when I made my teacher laugh. That was always the best. Like, yeah, there was yeah. like one time we were talking about the. Uh, it was like history class, and we were talking about like, uh, like medieval times and like the Hussites. And then I asked a question, and I 
called them the hussies for funsies. <laughs> and she was like dying. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I Mission That's it. I'm done for the yep, day, guys. Yep. <laughs> my best joke. All right. So all the kids, he said, laughed hysterically. And it was like a revelation to him. Mm-hmm. Chris said, quote, I was overweight my whole life and making people laugh was a great defense mechanism. I made them laugh before they could call me fatso. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that's sad. I really like the word fatso, though. <laughs> that should have been the name of his documentary, Fatso. True. Story My brother calls Marley. me fatso. When no, I- he doesn't. Yeah, he does, because I'll complain about being fat, and yeah. then he'll be like, okay, fatso. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's some older brother stuff. So his brother said Chris was always the entertainer, even like in their family. He was always mm-hmm. the one. He said he would sing with his shirt off in the school bus. Mm-hmm. He would make fun of his brothers in front of the girls they liked. He'd drop his pants during class. And like he was just a little troublemaker. And yeah. Like, trying to make people laugh. Uh-huh. Chris went to a Catholic school and he played foot- football in high school. He was kicked out of that school for one semester when, in an attempt to be funny, he's dropped he dropped his pants and underwear during typing class, <clears throat> and a female classmate saw his little weenie. <gasps> Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> typing class. What? This was in the eighties or in the seventies? This was in the seventies, maybe early eighties. Because okay. he was born nineteen sixty four. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't computers. It was like. No. It was like a typing. It was a typewriter. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, didn't you? Did you do Mavis Beacon? Or yeah, or Mario teaches typing. That was my favorite. Yeah. After high school, Chris attended Marquette University. Wow, I know where he graduated in 1986 with a degree in theater. In college, he played rugby. Uh-huh. Chris and his rugby playmates said that they were all pretty heavy drinkers. Like, it was mm-hmm. kind of the vibe with their rugby team. Sure. They'd go out and, like, fucking do their thing, and then they'd go get smashed at a bar. Dude, get a whole bunch of college kids together, you know? Like, yeah, that's especially like, especially, like, a team. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, Chris was an overweight person. There's mm-hmm. no other way to say that. Mm-hmm. He was chubby as a kid, and it only got worse as he got older. And then he started drinking heavily, which didn't help. But he seemed to have pretty solid luck with college girls, nonetheless, because mm-hmm. he seemed he was so outgoing and funny. And he's the life people, of the party. People love this guy. Yeah, like he there's he's just so likable. Yeah. Chris's dad helped him out with a job right after college, according to his brother. Quote: Because he was unemployable by literally everybody else. <laughs> 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 Gotta use that theater degree to sell some asphalt now. <laughs> but, well, dude, so Chris said that he was, like, such a good people person that he was actually a super good salesman. Oh, I bet. Like, he was super funny and likable, so, like, they'd send him out to, like, lunches and shit, and he yeah. closed deals. Yeah, I bet. So Chris's dad was actually really impressed with him, and he was trying to groom him to take over their family asphalt company mm-hmm. when his dad retired. Mm-hmm. Chris then started taking classes and performing at the Arc Improv Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Everybody says that his stage presence and the power of his talent as soon as he got up there was really hard to deny. Mm -hmm. He was literally like larger than life. And his family and his friends and brothers, everybody would go to his little shows on the weekends. And they said like it was genuinely super funny. Like he is our brother, but he had talent. Like when you when he got up there, you watched him. Yeah. 
The owners of the Arc Improv Comedy Theater talk about how Chris left their group really quickly to try to get into Second City Improv in Chicago. Oh, yeah. That seems like the logical step. If, like, you're the big fish in the small pond in Wisconsin, right. time to go right. to Second City. Yeah. he. But, the, okay, so the, what they say is, like, Chris was great and it's totally what you're saying. Like, he was the best one there. Mm-hmm. But they wish he would have stayed a bit longer with them because he was always, like, a party guy like it was kind of like this is his party trick to get people to like him and stuff and they mm. think he needed a little bit more time to learn and to turn it into a real craft oh yeah yeah, yeah. i get that but straight i literally wrote exactly what you said big fish little pond so he took off yeah so and then this is where you start to see everything with chris happened to him very very fast mm-hmm. too fast and ultimately it proved to be too much for him mm-hmm so Chris took off to Chicago and he posted, he literally posted out in front of Second City, trying to talk to whoever he could, trying to get in and get a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Then he met Del Close, who took a huge liking to him and wanted to work with him. He was then introduced to Mike Myers and became part of the main stage cast almost immediately mm-hmm. in 1989. Wow. So we're talking about he graduated college in 1986. Yeah. St- started improv like let's say 87 Mm -hmm. and in 1989 he's main staging one of the most famous improv crews that's insane that's fucking insane right yeah yeah that just like talks to the level of talent he had Mm -hmm. and also the politics like people his his people uh making no that's not the word i'm looking for (laughs) (laughs) not people making like uh you know he's closing deals because there's a lot of people who are mad talented who aren't like main stage Likeable. without yeah without yeah. you know greasing a few wheels you know right you gotta have the sociability aspect yes to yes it. you gotta know how to kiss the right butt yes and, exactly yeah i get what you're saying with politics Bus show all right so dell helped teach chris how to use his talent and how to use his body comedy in mm-hmm. a better way because you know that's bit, he had a lot of that he had a lot of body comedy yeah mike my he had a lot of body. <laughs> I've never heard him so I refer to it as body comedy. <laughs> Physical comedy, right? Hell yeah. Body. Body, body comedy. comedy. <laughs> you know what I got? A lot of body drama. <laughs> and I'm going to say my, my man dude said this shit because I wrote that shit straight <laughs> up as he said it. Okay, so Mike Meyer said that when they first started working together on Second City, he was really scared to do improv on stage with Chris because this full like one time he was flailing his arms around being all wild and he knocked someone's tooth out. No way. Yeah, so he was like, like he was scared that he was gonna get hurt by him up there. Yeah, fuck. Cause he really, he'd go on there and he'd give it all he got. He didn't hold back. (laughs) Yeah. And then along the same lines, Mike Myers and some of the Second City crew talk about how around this time they were all partying pretty hard together as well. Mm-hmm. You're in a kind of a party atmosphere. Yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. After a show, it went really well or it didn't You're go high. well. And like, yeah. you know, either way. Could you imagine the high of getting on stage and making like 50 people laugh? Right. So Dan Aykroyd then talks about how Chris idolized Belushi a lot and tried to mirror him a lot. Mm-hmm. And Chris also talked about how his idols were kind of like the, quote, fat guy comedians. Yeah. Obviously because he felt a, like a connection to them. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers then got hired on for Saturday Night Live and he immediately recommended Chris Farley to Lorne Michaels. 
Lauren Michaels met Chris Farley and instantly hired him after watching him perform once. Wow. And brought him to New York City to join the cast of Saturday Night Live full time along with Chris Rock in the spring of 1990. What a sick cast. So we got Mike Myers, Chris Rock, Chris Farley. Yeah. Dana so, Carvey. Yeah. Da- is Dan Aykroyd on? No. No, huh? no. He's old school. Yeah. Um. So again, like everything's moving crazy fast for Chris. Once mm-hmm. again, to recap, he graduated college in 86. Yeah. Second City, 89. He was at Second City for one year and now he's a full-time cast member of SNL. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Chris frequently collaborated with Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, and later Adam Sandler and David Spade. Mm-hmm. This comedy crew began getting called the bad boys of SNL. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, when I think of Adam Sandler, I don't think bad boy, you know? Me either. Or Rob Schneider. <laughs> oh, hell no. Adam Sandler is weird to me. Like, I don't think he's attractive. Mm-hmm. But like, I always like the character he plays in his movies. Obviously, he makes himself like the star, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so like, I, I'm my he makes my confused. He makes my body confused. <laughs> That's body drama right there. <laughs> Mike Myers and everybody else on SNL had to write for themselves, and they all talked about how Chris wasn't a writer or a creator. But literally everything that everyone else wrote, mm-hmm. he could make 10 times better on stage. That's what that's what you want. Yeah. So all the writer. So Mike Myers says that all the SNL writers at this time were all gunning for Chris to be the actor. And oh, yeah. He was the one they all wanted to try to win over. Mm-hmm. Chris's family, obviously, back in Wisconsin was super scared because Chris had never even been to New York City when he went to apply for SNL. And now he was moving there full time away from his family and going to be on a live TV show. Mm -hmm. So they were all really worried about the intensity of it all, especially because he had always struggled with self-confidence and self-image. So they weren't worried about like the partying. No, not not at this point. Okay, they were. But they were worried because Chris is really insecure And like a lot of comedians, he hides behind his jokes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like what he said earlier, like, I want to make people laugh before they make fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you want to win them to get on his side. Mm -hmm. So and I think his family is also really close, like the way his brothers talk about him, even still, like, it just seems like they're like an old school Catholic family. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, like they don't want him far anyways. Yeah, I think. So Chris's most famous characters on SNL were Matt Foley, an mm-hmm. over-the-top motivational speaker who lived in a van <laughs> down by the by river. river. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a one of those sketches is a really funny Christina Applegate one where she just she's like dying the whole time. That's that one, man. Yeah, that one's it's really the Matt funny. Foley yeah, one, yeah, and yeah. It's David Spade and Christina Applegate. Yeah. yeah. And she, she, they're interviewing her in that documentary. And she's talking about how, like, I if you watch me, I'm just looking down because if I look at him, I know I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And you could see her trying to hold her laugh back and not look at that fool. Yeah. And then she says she has, like, one line. And she was like, I was trying so hard to land that line. And she does. She does a good job. Good for her. I know. She a pro, dude. Yeah. Also, fun fact. 
the name Matt Foley is the name of Chris's hometown friend who lived in a van near a river. No way. During a hard time in his life. <laughs> that that guy, Matt Foley, later entered the seminary. What? <laughs> and became a priest? Down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> and they interview him in the documentary. And he's like, I was really thankful for the legacy that Chris left me behind. And I think about him every day and stuff. It was oh really sweet. It was really sweet. He also was a part of a. Chris was also a part of a sketch involving stereotypical Chicagoans who shouted, "Da bears, da bears." <laughs> da bears. <laughs> That's like really the only thing I know about Chicago. Yeah, me too. The bears and, and Oprah. Frank Lloyd Wright <laughs> and Oprah. <laughs> I think that's about it. No, really. that's a, that wrap it. You wrapped it up in a nice little package right there. That's Chicago for you. <laughs> um another one of his most famous ones is the chippendales dancer sketch with patrick swayze yeah and um him as a host of the chris farley show where he would almost always interview like the musical guest Uh uh-huh that one's really funny the chippendale sketch i think everyone has seen right at some point in their life yeah everybody's seen that People always just like, that shit. just like picture. And if you if you haven't seen it, just picture Chris Farley in the Chippendales like <laughs> tie cuffs. Yeah. And you got it. You got the yeah, gist of it. That's about it. <laughs> they were saying that he was like really nervous to do that one. He kind of didn't want to do it. Oh, because of his He's body insecure. Issues? Yeah. He didn't want to take oh. his shirt off and shit like that. Yeah. Anyways, do yourself a favor and watch the best of Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Where are those? Are, is that on Hulu? Like the best of? Yeah, they're ones? on Hulu. They're on. Some of them are on Amazon Prime. Chris's isn't. Okay. You have to rent it. Uh-huh. But some of them are. But it's it's so good. Just like. Yeah. Let the dumb high schooler in you mm-hmm. come out. Adam Sandler and David Spade, who signed on to SNL later, said when they came on to do Saturday Night Live, Chris was the nicest person. He was super welcoming and they instantly all clicked with him. Cool. Chris has a lot of self-deprecating humor, like I said, which people say is him being hard on himself. Mm -hmm. He would show off a lot and try to get hosts' attention in that kind of way. And he was getting a lot of girls at this time, which his castmates all say was because he had such a good heart. Oh, he was super nice to everybody. And on top of that, he was really funny and just like a genuinely nice person. Mm-hmm. Christina Applegate in the documentary talks about how he was infectious, like you wanted to be around this person. And even she says, yeah, he's not your typical leading man, but you're attracted to him for whatever. Really? You know? Yeah. She's like, you want to be around him. Okay. So around this time, Chris started dating Victoria's Secret model Lori Badgley. No way. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Damn. And she's bomb, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Chris was also known for his pranks in the offices of Saturday Night Live. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like pranks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't fuck with that. I don't, I don't like how people try to make that cute about like George Clooney. Like, oh, look at this little prank. He pulled on all his co-stars. I'm like, fuck you. Leave my food alone. Like, leave don't, my shit alone. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, you do not like that shit. Yeah, no. leave me alone. <laughs> no woman in history has ever said George Clooney, leave me alone. <laughs> Unless your prank involves like yo dick, yo dick, 
<laughs> if your prank involves taking me roughly in a barn, then yes. <laughs> if not, that's funny. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Adam Sandler and Chris Farley would make late night prank phone calls. I like phone prank phone calls. I think that's like a harmless prank. Yeah, it's harmless. I still don't like it too, though. Like, <laughs> like quit playing on my phone. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna pull a prank on you. This is awesome. <laughs> so funny, Meg. Like, you're like a 50 year old dad. I'm so grumpy about pranks. Adam Sandler said he would speak in an old woman's voice, and Chris Farley would fart into the phone. <laughs> that was the OG kiss me through the phone. <laughs> Um, Chris Farley would moon other cars from limousines and from like their office windows. <laughs> Once when the entire crew was bored and unmotivated, Jay Moore offered Chris $100 to poop out of the 17th floor window at 30 Rock. <gasps> no. Chris Farley took the money and he did it, but allegedly the poop didn't make it outside the window and it came back inside their office. Wait, what? How? <laughs> like he, I don't know. Like he was leaning his butt out of the yeah? window to try to poop, but I don't know what happened. Maybe when he pushed, he like angled it weird. <laughs> No, no. See, I, I thought you were going to explain some sort of phenomena of physics, like where there was like a vortex because of like the height of the building versus like the the oh. wind speed. <laughs> Maybe he got scared and he put his butt back inside. <laughs> I would not put my butt outside a 17th floor window. That's scary. Mm, what's the highest floor you would put your butt out of? Maybe like third. That's I'm a baby, yeah. babe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> that's like, you guys don't know this about us, but that's like 10 years of me being frustrated with my babiness. And she's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I would do a minimum of 17th floor to take my butt out of a window. Damn, you crazy. Anything below that is just not worth my time. <laughs> um, Chris was also known to like, get naked <laughs> yeah okay just like but, in front of them and they would all laugh but i thought he was um he was self-conscious about his body yeah but maybe not to his friends like i'm self-conscious about my body but i'd be naked around you yeah that's true yeah chris rock once claimed that he probably saw chris farley's private parts more than farley's girlfriend did oh <laughs> adam sandler told conan o'brien on the tonight show that nbc fired him and Chris Farley from the show in 1995. Mm -hmm. Also, Chris was eating, just side note, Chris was eating a lot once he took off with his SNL fame. Yeah. And I don't I don't like to shame people about this because I'm a chubby girl and I love food. More than that, I really love going to restaurants. So yeah, yeah. overpriced restaurants are my guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people comment on how Chris loved to eat and like, it was pro it was a problem for him. Well, like you said, it, um, imagine like you lived in Wisconsin. What do they have? Cheese? Yeah, like hell yeah, that's it. Like yeah. And now you move to like a <laughs> now you're living in a big ass city where New you can York have city. anything you want at any time of day, and like the best of anything you want. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel you, Chris. No shame. Yeah. But it was like low key unhealthy. <laughs> okay. 
So they talk about if they'd all go out to restaurants, he would double down. Like literally, if he got a steak, he was getting two steaks. Dude, I used to do that too. You would do shit like that. <laughs> As, like when I was a teenager, I would eat like that. And then like I just grew out of it. But I, I feel him. <laughs> and then also like if he got appetizers, he'd get two orders of whatever the fuck. And he no. would, they said that he would eat with his hands and shit. This uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just loved eating. <laughs> I respect it. Uh, Conan O'Brien said, quote, Chris Farley loved to eat to a degree I've never seen any human being. Wow. And then, like we know, Chris was a drinker. He liked to drink and mm-hmm. he started maybe abusing alcohol around this time. Yeah. And sometime early in his career, he began to elicit drugs as well. Mm-hmm. Illegal drugs. Oh, no. People don't talk like Chris's friends don't talk about it. Like, really? Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that for now. If you've ever seen any like documentary about the backstage workings of SNL or read any article about it, like a real in-depth article, their schedule is insane. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. They're running on little to no sleep. Mm-hmm. They're it if and when they do sleep, sometimes they're sleeping in their offices under their desks. Yeah, they have to. They're writing for the whole week. It's crazy. So honestly, like I can see how someone can maybe start taking some drugs to like try to stay awake or try to go to sleep, and then like yeah, because you're not taking care of yourself in a yes, natural way. So you're right. gonna go to unnatural things to take care of mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like could, me and my coworkers will make fun sometimes when it's like, oh, I got a headache. Gonna, gonna. Um, oh no, it's like. I'm tired. Got to drink more coffee. Drink more coffee. Now I got a headache. Going to take Tylenol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. just start to like cover your shit up right. when really all you need to do is like lay down and drink exactly. some water. Exactly. So yeah. like I can totally see how especially someone with um a, like an addictive personality like he clearly has with food how something like that can just be the wrong place Environment, for him. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So he did everything to excess. He was loud yeah. to excess. He was kind to excess. Mm-hmm. He was a performer to excess. And he also drank and ate and did drugs to excess. Mm-hmm. Chris also believed that being a little faded helped his act. Mm. Lauren Michaels said he tried to get it. Lauren Michaels says it a lot, like referring the drug to use. Chris's drug use. Yeah. So Lauren Michaels says, I tried to get it to calm down while he was at SNL. I always tried to talk to him about it. We would take breaks because of it. Chris would, you know, not be on so many uh, scenes because of it. Yeah. So. Huh. Once his fame took off, I think it became harder for Chris to deal with just everything. Living in a city away from your family, which is all you've ever known. Now you're famous. That's hard to deal with. You're on this show. There's a lot of pressure there. Mm-hmm. So he also he he tried to be funny even when he wasn't performing because, like I said, that's that the shit way is that exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. He tried to impress everybody in the room. That's the way that he thought people liked him. Yeah, but no, it's so exhausting. Even like low key, okay. Like I'm not a comedian by any mm-hmm. means, but. Mm-hmm. People will say that I'm funny and then I hate the pressure when somebody introduces me as like, oh, this is my friend Stephanie. She's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck. Now I feel like I better fucking say something funny. Right. If I don't, you know. Yeah, for real. So could you imagine like living with that 100 percent of the day? No, no way. Especially if you're using it as a crutch for all of these insecurities and stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. No, no way. Is it crutch? I feel like I say clutch. (laughs) 
that doesn't make any sense though. <laughs> like a little bag that like it's something small that you keep with all your private belongings to no, make you feel it's, good. It's something that props you up. <laughs> that to help you in because of this thing that you're lacking. Fuck you. <laughs> a clutch. And also sense. and also when you were like, I thought it was a clutch, I was I thought you meant like a car like clutch? a car clutch. And I was like, <laughs> what? It's a pedal. And then, and then it got and then it got even worse. <laughs> so, okay, so Lauren Michaels suspended Chris from Saturday Night Live several times while he was there. His manager, Chris's manager, also personally sent Chris Farley to rehab several times on the off season. Uh. His manager, who also personally managed jo- John Belushi, said that Farley was able to deceive a lot of people to the extent of his abuse in order to avoid rehab, which is a a thing that a lot of addicts end up being able to do you know i read that about mel gibson when people are like oh. how, did, how did how did it get this bad and then uh, one of his friends told vanity fair like that's what addicts do they are yeah. deceptive and manipulative and over the course of like decades he found a way to like hide this from people of course yeah for sure so Every time he came back from rehab, everyone says that Chris was always super positive and determined to stay sober and make mm-hmm. it work. Mm-hmm. David Spade and Chris Farley shared an office together at SNL. And David had to write all his own stuff, but Chris didn't. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock and Adam Sandler were in the office directly behind them, and they both had to write their own stuff also. Mm-hmm. David said that Chris and Sandler, Chris Rock and Adam Sandler would like be working really hard while David would be in his office just trying to get Chris to stop fucking bothering him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I bet that was fun for a little while, but I bet sometimes he was kind of like, fuck. It's super annoying. Know? Yeah. They all say that Chris would try to help as much as possible. He'd give ideas and he'd act everything out for them. Mm-hmm. And they knew that if they could make Chris laugh, it was going to be good. Okay. So he was still helpful. He would still yeah. try. Chris <laughs> Chris spent a lot of time working with St. Jude's Hospital and he'd go oh. to children he'd go to all the children's hospitals to try to make kids laugh on his off time. Yeah. He was like a like I said, he was really Catholic in like kind of like the best way of Catholicism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the good shit. Yeah. Uh, I like my Catholics to be a little low key heroin addicts. <laughs> You know what? He he's probably um he was probably really good at that like cuz he cuz of his physical humor and stuff with little kids like they Oh, they love, love that. that. Yeah, totally. And like farting yeah. and mooning. They little kids love stuff like that. <laughs> and pooping out 17-story windows. <laughs> <laughs> then Mike Myers began shooting Wayne's World and he had Chris do a small part in it. Mm-hmm. So then Chris started breaking out into movies. Mm-hmm. Kind of just through his own connections in SNL. Yeah. He appeared in Wayne World, Wayne's World, Coneheads, Airheads, Billy Madison, all while he was still a member mm-hmm. of SNL. Their bad boy of comedy crew all loved him, and they were all writing these movies, so they all would include Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris and David were best friends. Lauren, Lauren said that they were perfect yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Perfect compliments. They were even like, they, they look like that too, you know? Yeah. Like- and their castmates said that they were like in love with each other. Like they would get into fights and then they'd stop talking to each other for like a day. <laughs> like they were like a little married couple. Yeah. 
So at this time, Chris is flying back and forth between movie shoots and NYC doing SNL. So he's getting a little bit of wear and tear from the crazy schedule like Mm -hmm. me was talking about because he's working pretty hard. Yeah. Hollywood was pulling him in really strong. And so he let SNL go at the end of his contract. But Adam Sandler said they got fired. So I don't Mm -hmm. know about that. I've heard they got fired, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was like a big controversy, like like uh, that Lauren was firing like some of their most popular dudes. Hmm. You know, Lauren Michaels be making some moves. Yeah, I wonder. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> like I wonder what that's about. Like his ego, maybe, or maybe he just wanted to take the show in a different direction. Maybe I mean he's, it's always worked out. He's under a lot of pressure. And yeah, people and and no one's ever happy about that show. Someone's always talking always shit. complaining. Yeah, for sure. But that shit's a that. Anyways, okay. So and then in the, in the documentary, everybody talks about how hard it is to leave SNL. Yeah, like you're like no way that this is ending. Like, what the right. hell am I supposed to do with my life now? Mm-hmm. So he left his comfort zone, his little home of SNL, and he wasn't the most grounded person when he did that. And the routine of the show, the cast, and everything that kind of was grounding him more than we all saw was kind of like now gone. We he lost that that family atmosphere. We hear a lot about that with Britney and stuff. Like, Oh, really? Like that she needs to do the show. Like she needs to be working. Oh. Because she needs like that routine. Yes, that structure. It doesn't matter. Like, or I mean, mean, I'm sure it does matter that it's such hard work and Mm -hmm. but... It, the point but is that's she the needs only to have, work she knows anyways yeah true like what is she gonna go do right but she needs to have that structure or else like who it knows all falls apart I, yeah it's hard like when people have you know problems like that mm-hmm. anything to stop that shit from tipping over you know yeah so after leaving snl in 1995 chris farley began to shift his attention into a film career and his first two films were starring alongside his best friend david spade Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. They were both hits at the box office, earning around $32 million. However, the reviews for Tommy Boy initially were very bad. And Chris took this really seriously to heart because he had been working really hard on that film and on himself during filming because he was sober during this time. Oh, no. So he like really struggled with the reviews that came out about it. Yeah. And that's... And he thought he wasn't funny unless he was uh, like a little high. faded. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Okay. But it ended up being a huge cult classic. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how that feels. Because mm-hmm. you want it to be. But also, he, he he did he even live to see the cult classic status of it though? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, that's true. But the shows did establish Chris as a bankable star, and then he was given the title role of Beverly Hills Ninja. However, his drug and alcohol abuse started to interfere with his film work around this time. His final film, Almost Heroes, was postponed several times to have him enter rehab. His girlfriend, Lori, then broke up with him around this time because his disease was getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Then when he did Black Sheep, the other one with uh, David, David Spade. Spade. Chris relapsed on the night of the premiere. Oh fuck! Because the movie was shown to critics and they were getting horrible reviews. Oh no! Also, just hindsight, he was earning an estimated six to ten million a film around this time. No way. 
Yeah, because he was he. I mean, the, they weren't getting good reviews by the critics, but people were still going to watch his movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were still, like, profiting. And also, this was around the time where, like, stars started making huge, huge paychecks. Money. Like, Jim Carrey, wasn't he making, like, $20 million in a movie? And Fuck yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey, that fool, he needs an mm. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the NT stuff on him? No. Oh, okay. Have you seen his paintings? Yeah. <laughs> weird it's a Mm -hmm. that's a vibe (laughs) (laughs) so after the black sheep premiere chris went on a bender for two weeks and then he went back into rehab in total chris went to rehab 17 times throughout his life no way yeah he was an addict and he was in deep his friends all talk about how they could always tell when when he was on drugs like when he would come Mm -hmm. to set and they could Mm -hmm. see it in his eyes and they would like they would just hate it like and they didn't know what to talk how to talk about it like Mm -hmm. because when he was sober they said he was the best person he was like you know on on his game and Mm -hmm. super sweet and everything and lauren said he would always hear about it he'd hear about when he was in trouble so on october 25th 1997 lauren had chris come back to host the show oh which i think is kind of nice that is really nice wow After the guest appearance on SNL on October 25th, 1997, there was a visible decline in Farley's health. His hoarse voice and flushed skin were the subject of a lot of public scrutiny following that appearance. Mm -hmm. And he even looked a little, like, more swollen around this time. Mm. Another thing, so also just keep in mind, like, we're talking about somebody who's abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, and who's also very overweight. Mm -hmm. So this is really bad for his heart. That's the perfect storm. I know. On December 6th, 2007, Chris showed up. I'm sorry. (laughs) December 6th, 1997. Mm -hmm. Chris showed up very drunk to a cheesecake factory in Chicago at three in the afternoon with several models. Haven't we all? (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't find his way back to his own table after getting up for the restroom. Mm Mm-hmm. He was extremely jovial and obnoxious, according to fellow patrons of the Cheesecake Factory. Again, haven't we all? <laughs> Have you ever had the Georgia peach at the Cheesecake Factory? That shit you is love good. that drink. You yeah. love that drink. He went into rehab again at Hazelden Rehabilitation Center in Minneapolis, but left after one night. He made it home on December 11th, 1997, and his friends were worried about his quick return. He spent the next few days going to Catholic Mass, baking cookies, and presumably getting high. Mm. He bought an overpriced Christmas tree and attended some alcohol anonymous meetings. And over, how do we know the tree was overpriced? (laughs) 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 What the fuck? I got that somewhere, dude. (laughs) And I didn't question it at all. He also bought some toilet paper. It was on sale. (laughs) According to friends, Chris began a downward spiral on December 14th, 1997. He went to Chicago bar after bar, consuming large quantities of drugs and alcohol and hanging out with a lot of partiers, like frat people and like... The bears. Yeah, some model types. He started at the Chicago Club Karma and then he would go to his apartment. 
On December 15th, he attended Second City's anniversary party where people said he was super shwasty. Mm. Then he went on a pub crawl after the party. What the fuck? It must have been cold as fuck. It was Chicago in December. Fuck yeah. He went on a pub crawl. On December 16th, so the next day, a call girl said that she spent the afternoon with Chris after he called at 8.30 a.m. for an appointment with her. That is so early. When he, yep, and she said that when she got there, he was high and drinking screwdrivers and, quote, he was more interested in partying cocaine and than any of my services. And you could tell that this man was on a rampage. Whoa. On December 18th, 1997, Chris Farley was found dead by his brother, John, in his apartment in Chicago. John called 911 at 2 p.m. after finding his brother in pajamas on the floor of his apartment unresponsive. Blood was coming out of his nose and foam from his mouth, immediately indicating a drug overdose. Oh, my God. Chris was 33 years old. (gasps) Wow. An autopsy revealed that he died of overdose of cocaine and morphine, known as a speedball. Advanced, I'm going to mess this up, atherosclerosis. Sclerosis. Atherosclerosis was a significant contributing factor, which is narrowing of the arteries around his heart. Mm -hmm. Prozac was also in his system, but that did not contribute to his death. Mm -hmm. But, you know, no alcohol was found in his system. Mm -hmm. Maybe the pro the Prozac might have contributed to his judgment or lack thereof. Maybe that's true. His death is often compared to that of SNL idol John Belushi, who died of the same cause at the same age. That's wild. At the time of his death, Chris weighed two hundred and ninety six pounds and was five foot eight. Wow. The night his death hit the news, Second City in Chicago was packed, even outside, to mourn Chris's death. A private funeral was held for Chris Farley on December 23rd, 1997 at Our Lady Queen of Peace Catholic Church in his hometown of Madison, Wisconsin. Over 500 guests were in attendance, including Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, Lauren Michaels, Adam Sandler. Chris's best friend, David Spade, did not attend his funeral, stating years and years later in a Reddit AMA, quote, I think about him all the time, every day. We had such a good time for so long and we were crammed together for so long that we didn't have our that we did have our squabbles but i think people misunderstood me not going to that funeral it was nothing about that it was just too emotional and i wasn't able to handle it but i still hear songs of all things i know it sounds stupid but they're songs that i hear and they remind me of him oh I, 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 I sort of I, I mean I get where he's coming from that's still like a really hard that's your best friend you know oh yeah there's yeah. no way how right. are you supposed to say goodbye right fuck you know what's crazy this episode is gonna come out like almost on the exact anniversary oh my gosh may you're right mm-hmm. the movies almost heroes and dirty work were released posthumously in 1998 Farley had also been cast as the title character in the movie Shrek, but died just before his recording was finished. I've always wanted to hear the original Shrek recording. You can hear part of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're out. Okay. Reporters say, reports say that he had recorded about 85 to 95% of the film, mm-hmm. which this trips me out. Didn't I thought Shrek came out much later. It did, but you know how long it takes for those movies to be made. No, that's crazy. Yeah. The filmmakers felt that 
even though they could kind of finish with what they had with him, it would be mm-hmm. in bad taste. Mm-hmm. So they recorded Shrek's dialogue with Mike Myers. In 2015, a story reel, a story reel featuring Chris Farley as Shrek was released to the public. That's the one I was mm-hmm. talking about. Farley was also supposed to star in an in a biographical film about comedian Fatty Arbuckle with co-star Vince Vaughn, but that fell through after his Ooh, death. I would watch that. that I would good. also, yeah. Fatty Arbuckle is um, he has one of like the earliest Hollywood scandals. I'm gonna yeah, do that one day. He's on our list, right? Yeah, yeah. Chris Farley was also supposed to pay, play the title role in a television series based on the book's Captain Underpants, mm, which mm-hmm. was then discarded following his death. That was eventually released, right? I think so. That sounds familiar. Yeah. People feel differently about Chris Farley because he was an addict and he lived this kind of fast lifestyle and people mm-hmm. like to turn their noses up about that kind of shit. But I think overall everyone agrees that he was super nice. He was complicated. Mm-hmm. He was insecure. And he mm-hmm. turned out to be a comedy legend. Yeah. He was so funny. Mm-hmm. He's like laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And if I bet like if he was like at your party or something like. Oh, my God. Like People would be like, oh, Chris is here. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Let's all get fucking wasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, if you're if you're like just made people laugh, I think if that's part of your legacy, then you did all right. So RIP yeah. to my dude, Chris Farley. R.I.P. Man. Gone too soon, dude. Gone way too soon. In that uh, documentary, also, Adam Sandler and, like, Mike Myers talk about how it's like, what do you mean he's dead? He's 33. Yeah. We don't die at 33. Right. Ugh. That's that's so awful. It. That's also crazy because he seems young to me, but Belushi didn't. Belushi seemed much older, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he famous for longer? I don't know. I don't think so. Do you think, like, not that you should ever stop trying to get sober, like, whatever it takes, but I bet, like, he went to rehab 17 times. I bet, like, time 12, 13, 14. I wonder if that was even anything, you know? Yeah. It's just a wash at that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what do you talk about? All your relapsing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine, I don't know, if you're even taking it seriously at that point. Yeah. It's just kind of like become part of your routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, okay. That's gotta it. go to rehab now. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we, somebody, it sticks for somebody at time 18, 20, 21. That's true. Totally. I mean, don't stop going. Yeah. Well, guys, that was that was a bummer for... <laughs> Uh, to close out the year merry christmas <laughs> merry christmas um we'll be taking a break next week yeah we won't you won't have a new episode from us until january 3rd yeah so new year new us new hey you. same <laughs> shitty me new year same <laughs> shitty me what's up <laughs> and uh yeah i hope you have a good year and we'll miss you hit us up on twitter and insta at drama club pod hit us up on our gmail drama club pod at gmail.com on our website at drama club pod.com on the hotline 505-539-0556 if you want to leave us christmas messages there <laughs> <laughs> bye bye however whatever with your helmet <laughs>